0: Welcome to another episode of They Don't Teach This in Law School. This is one of the coffee-sodes or one of the many episodes that happens between the main interview shows, in which I share some ideas, tips, tactics, inspiration, etc., that uh, pops up uh, in coaching law firm owners or directly out of my own business. Uh, And this time, what I'd like to talk with you about is a quote from the movie The Big Short, which is a movie about the 08 financial collapse. And in it, near the end of the movie, you got a couple of these characters who have managed to successfully uh, short the banks, are going to be filthy rich at the end of all of it. And they're walking around. Of course, this is, you know, all apocryphal, you know, historical fiction, basically, to a degree, although these were actual people. Uh, And they're walking around uh, the floor of Lehman Brothers. And one of them looks at the other and basically says, wow, you know, it's, uh, I guess this isn't what I uh, expected to find here. And the other guy says, Well, what did you expect to find? And the guy says, I don't know, grown ups. It's so interesting because it's these two young guys who have swindled the system because they looked deeper than the surface and saw the error of the ways of the system and they found a loophole. They they realized if we bet against this system, if we go completely counter to all of this commonly held, quote unquote, wisdom, all of these beliefs that people have, we could become crazy, crazy rich. And that's what happened. That's what happened for them in a very small select group of investors who were willing to play that game. But that idea of him expecting to find grown-ups on the trading floor over at Lehman Brothers. Of course, what he would actually find if that floor were active is he would basically find a bunch of teenagers, adult-looking teenagers, but teenagers who were so absolute in their belief that there was just an endless amount of money, that this obviously was all going to work out simply because It's working out that they never bothered to look beneath the surface. They never bothered to look ahead and say, this is problematic. We are building all of this on a terrible foundation. They were trusting the people at the top to basically take care of them. And of course, what happened when all of this collapses well, they just leaned on the federal government. They they looked for their their bailout. Many people believe, and and rightly so, that that's basically what they expected. That they were willing to make these bets because if they got so big, they would never be allowed to fail by the federal government. They had a gargantuan financial backstop. And by the way, they were they were proven right by that. Now, I'm not here to litigate any of that stuff. I'm here to talk about. The people on that floor who looked up to those above them, who, by the way, then summarily fired countless amounts of these traders, just dropped them out, dropped out support staff, et cetera. They still got paid bonuses. They still made money. They still had their golden parachutes. It was the people who blindly trusted a system that were left holding the bag. Think about that. This is what happens in almost every profession. The people at the top are going to focus on consolidating their power and telling everyone else to follow the system that they've put in place. And of course, the system looks pretty good and it does work out for some people, but it's still a system ultimately designed to spin the wheels. This is actually interesting. There's a there's a cult mechanism. At play in some of these spaces where if you get people to buy into the system and you get them to buy into wanting to be the person at the top, they will oftentimes become addicted to the system. Because if the system is the space providing them money and they want to be like the person making the most money, oftentimes they look at that person where they are today Didn't see them 30 years ago when they might have been struggling and will maybe spend their money and overextend themselves and then become addicted to what the system provides. I actually see this happen accidentally to firm owners in their own law firms at times where they look around at people who maybe have a bigger practice who seem to be enjoying life more and go, well, I mean. I'm doing all right for myself. I'm going to go and spend some of this money. And what happens is they end up contacting me. We have a conversation and they've got so much money going out the door and they, we, they want to spend it. They want to keep spending it. They, they are not interested in reinvesting in the practice or they, they can't stop spending it because they're so afraid of the perception of like, what happens when I'm not taking the vacations? Uh, what happens if I maybe got rid of this extra, uh, in, Property that I have that really did overextend myself. So that way I can refocus on building my practice, which will have the cash flow engine that will allow me to get an even better property down the line. They are fearful of that. They have bought into their own system and they are too scared of it collapsing to look deep. This actually goes to the finances concept as well. A lot of times there's a fear to look at the underlying finances of the business, of the law firm, because what might happen when you look at the underlying? Uh, finances. You may find something you don't want to see. You may see yourself being overextended on the amount that you're paying for salaries, paying for space, paying for software. And now you have to confront, wow, my practice really does only give me 18% total owner benefit when it should be giving you 30% total owner benefit at least. And you've kind of you tricked yourself into believing that it is giving you that, but you haven't looked at the numbers. You have to investigate. You have to be the grown-up of your law firm. You cannot always just trust other people to be the grown-ups. You cannot trust perception to look around at other firm owners, simply say, Well, I think I'm doing what they're doing, so I must be okay because I think they're doing okay. You don't know if that other firm owner is doing okay. You have to play only by the facts in front of you. When these traders Looked into these subprime mortgage-backed security CDO credit defaults, yada yada, right? I, clearly I speak super articulately about it. I still only understand it nominally. But when they investigated it and they saw just what seemed like obvious evidence of mortgage default rates increasing, and that the banks were still propping up these CDOs and these other complex financial repackagings that they had you realize this this has to collapse this is guaranteed to collapse it's a matter of when not if and it's a matter of 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 how soon really like it could happen tomorrow definitely happen within the next couple of years and they started making bets on that you need to see the evidence before that happens and you need to also, the other lesson here is, well, everyone around you, when you think, oh, you know what, they must be grown ups because they're doing this. Oh, and this is the common myth that gets sold. They just do good work and the cases will come. And you keep hearing that evidence over and over again, or the uh, correct mindset, but misappropriated term, just create value, which there's a big difference between the phrase create value and just create value and create value is correct just create value is incorrect. When you have people who are shouting this this so-called common wisdom, you have to look at it and go, what's at the root of this? Is everyone just trying to prop up this idea so that way no one can get a competitive edge? Or is this really the truth? I know that this, again, this is a very heady mindset oriented lots to process type of episode, but I know fundamentally this is this is some of the most important work that can be done is grappling with these ideas, grappling with the uh, systems and spaces around us, and figuring out how do we challenge our own lives, and how do we challenge what we perceive as success around us and how people got there and find our path, find our loopholes in the system that catapult us forward. This is where learning the great marketing, management, systems, processes, finance patterns and systems comes in something as simple as specialization or or finding a niche, which becomes your loophole in the system. No one would think, oh, a birth injury lawyer. It seems obvious that, oh, yeah, birth injury lawyer. That's a great niche to be in. Uh, Look at that person. They're so successful. They're making a ton of money because they've niched down. And then we look at our own business and go, Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's not going to work in my firm. So why did it work in theirs? That's because they found the loophole and actually followed it. Instead of being uh, broad, they went specific. That's an example of looking for those strategic loopholes that are available to every law firm out there, as long as you are willing to uh, pull the wool from your eyes and say, you know what, maybe it's not a bunch of grown-ups around here, and maybe I need to Look for my opportunity instead of just following the opportunities that are fed to me. If you have questions about this, or if this is the type of stuff that you really love or whatever it might be, go over to lawfirmalchemy.com uh, and make sure you get on the email list. That's where I share even more strategies, tactics, ideas, etc. rarely quite as heady as this. Usually that's something we talk about. This is something we talk about on the podcast, But if you're looking for other quick hits, get on the email list. That way you can hear from me regularly. That's over at lawfirmalchemy.com. And uh, after this (laughs) really, really deep and potentially fatiguing episode, quite frankly, which is why I kept it a little bit shorter, uh, I do hope you will join me in the next episode of They Don't Teach This in Law School.